0: Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Council. I'm Brad Hull. I'm here with Caitlin Brainerd. And we are attorneys with Hickey and Whole Law Partners. We have our first ever podcast guest today. Wit, you are the very first one. I don't know if you knew that. But Whitfield Hyman is on here with us as well. He's an attorney with King Law Group. And he's going to talk to us today about qualified immunity, which is kind of a hot-button topic right now. Before we get into that, uh, we typically start with something a little off of legal matters and i expected kevin to be on today so i had written down that we would talk about tom brady's retirement kevin's not here i know caitlin doesn't follow sports a whole lot and i don't Uh, think i do and i hate tom brady sorry well Well, perfect i despise tom brady and i've 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 said if i was in the same room with him i may end up getting a criminal charge He's, he's one of my least favorite athletes of all time. I'm a Falcons fan. He ripped our hearts out. Uh, but the one thing I will say about Tom Brady's retirement and when it happened is he went out on a one-game uh, losing streak to the Atlanta Falcons, and that means a lot to me. The other thing that I have written down here.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know, actually, I was just pulling Tom Brady's stats for this oh God, past season. Oh, don't do it. No, it was not oh. good. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. he threw, he threw, he was like number 3, you know, as far as yards completed, but if you look at uh the percentage of of his passes that were completed and uh, you know, all the other stats put together, I'd say he barely barely like the highest you could rank him is like the 5th best, right? Yeah. The fifth best, so he ruined his marriage to go to play one more season, so he could be the fifth best quarterback.
1: On a, on sad,
0: and on an eight and nine
1: team uh, that lost to the <laughs> Cowboys in the playoffs. So many many sports related podcasts and shows will talk about how great Tom Brady is. I have no problem limiting our conversation to how he went out as a
0: loser, and that's no, fine no, with me. We uh, can move on. We should talk about how no, we should talk about how his. Uh, the crystals helped him win that other Super Bowl. You know, do you know the magic crystals that uh, his wife uh, was well, going in interviews. And Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, this was a great year for the for his wife
1: as a witch. I mean, that whole narrative uh, really this year proved to be very true.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. Go Giselle. I'm so happy that she ruined that for him. Yeah.
1: Well, the other thing I'd written down, because I'm honestly shocked that you guys had as much to contribute on Tom Brady, knowing both of you, as I know you, I did not expect to get a good conversation on that, is I just saw a video right before I got on here of a kid, seventh grader who did the half half halftime challenge to win $10,000 where he made a free throw, a three-pointer, and a half-court shot in 30 seconds. And I just want to tell you, he is in North Dakota. Crowd went crazy. I've is actually... he the guy that's like seven feet tall? No, this kid. This, this is just a random seventh grader. Oh. It's just a little kid. It was electric. Mm. I mean, he he slung the ball like one handed from half court. It didn't have a prayer to get there. Somehow made it. But I've actually I've seen this happen in person. Not with a seventh grader. I was at a college basketball game one time in Auburn, of all places, and the kid hit the same thing he had to make a he had to make a layup a free throw a three-pointer and a half court shot and when he hit the half court shot the crowd just went insane it's one of the most electric things that can happen at a sports game is a half court ten thousand dollar shot uh you know you got one chance to make it and just what an experience that is and so for that seventh grader had to be absolutely wild
0: well, you could offer me $10,000 to get any one of those shots, and I would miss all four. <laughs> like, the money would be on... The smart money would be against me on that.
1: All right. Well, let's move on to qualified immunity. The reason Wit's here is because of attorneys that I personally know, he has more experience and knowledge on qualified immunity than any by far and probably combined. So... Um, this has come up as a big topic lately, especially with the, the latest incident of police misconduct with Tyree Nichols. But this, you know, I told you before, this isn't a podcast meant to be about excessive force or police brutality. I want to focus on this qualified immunity doctrine, what it is, and then we can talk a little bit about how it relates to those types of issues. So I'm going to turn it over to you. And I think just start with that because most people listening to this probably don't really know anything about it.
0: Sure. Well, qualified immunity basically means anytime any government official um, violates your rights and you try to sue them over it, you you won't win unless there is a case on point that made it to a court of record. You know that was an appeals court um, that they where they held that 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 was a right and that has to preferably be in your jurisdiction, uh, or just something that is, you know, in so many different jurisdictions that it's just a granted that that is a right of yours. Right. Uh, and that's quite difficult because it's really expensive to (coughs) sue somebody. Right. And it takes a lot of time as well. Uh, and so if you have to go through this process of getting a Court to declare that something is a right, you're, you know, it, it's, it's almost, you're, you know, that you're going to lose uh, on at least if there's no case on point, you know that you're going, you're not going to get any money at the end of the rainbow. So why would you ever file the lawsuit, right? Um, beyond that, it, even if a court reaches a decision in your case, like you know, so let's say I sued a police officer uh for deleting my Facebook post, right? Saying that was a violation of my of my first amendment rights. That they can't delete a Facebook post on a government owned Facebook page um that was, you know, otherwise a legal thing to say, right? And I sue them, I could go all the way up to the Eighth Circuit. And the Eighth Circuit could could they could hold that they could hold they could do one of two things that actually ruins your case, right? They could say, yeah, You're right. Your First Amendment rights were violated, uh, but this is going to be. But this is the. But this has never happened before, so we're not going to pierce qualified immunity. We're not going to allow you to get any money out of it, even attorney's fees, right? And uh, on on top of that, this is an unpublished opinion. So the next time somebody sues, it'll also be, uh, you know, something that didn't that where nobody has ever technically sued over it before, and so you also won't get money for that. Uh, the other thing they can do is they could take the case and they could say you know what this is a published opinion and we are not going to to decide whether or not your rights were violated because we don't have to all we have to all we have to do is look at the case law and see has anybody else sued over this and the answer is no and because nobody else has sued over it you're not going to pierce qualified immunity and you know we're We're dismissing your lawsuit, you lose. And, you know, that's there's, but there's more than just that kind of pitfall for your average person who wants to sue for their rights violations, right? Let's say, um, you know, I get pulled over in Arkansas and they arrest me for having a gun without a license, you know, carrying without a concealed license or carrying openly. That's not illegal. There's cases on point that say that's not illegal. Anybody can do it as long as you're not a felon. Uh, Pretty much almost anywhere in Arkansas, it's like 99% of you can be somewhere, right, without a license. Um, But let's say you go to court and you know that this particular judge finds everybody guilty in district court. It's a misdemeanor. You don't get a jury trial, right? Let's say you go to court and and you plead guilty because the judge says, well, if you plead guilty to this, you only have to pay a dollar. Give, I'll give you credit for the one day you served in jail. Heck, you won't even have to, to pay the dollar. And you can just go about your business. And, you know, you know that if you go to trial, this judge who finds everybody guilty is going to find you guilty and he's going to throw you in jail. And then you're going to have to appeal to a real judge uh, who doesn't do that in circuit court. And, you know but you're going to have to pay an attorney for that. You going to, have to well you're going to have to pay to you're going to have to pay appeals fees and you know it's $160 to appeal something from district court. You're probably going to have to get a lawyer to figure out how to appeal from district court to circuit court cuz it's complicated. Um and so but if you're found guilty of that, if you plead guilty to that or if you're found guilty of that in district court, you can't sue anymore over that false arrest. It's called, you know, either res judicata or collateral estoppel, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to remember which, but they say basically you can't contradict the law or the facts of another case that you were involved in. Right. Yeah. And so there, and, and even beyond that, let's say they arrest you for, um, I had a guy one time he was arrested for having like $600,000 worth of cocaine on him and a bunch of mushrooms. Well, he spent 12 weeks in jail couldn't afford to bond out, turned out to be, uh, turned out to be (laughs) baking soda and like shiitake. Right. And the, and, and, you know, on the side of the road, the, you know, like the little Scott's key drug test came back as, as, uh, cocaine, but it turned out it was baking soda. And so, um, you know, but he's sitting there, he's gone broke. He can't afford to bond out. Um, you know, he, he, they said, if you plead this misdemeanor, you can get out today. Otherwise, we're going to go to trial in, you know, like three months. And so he'd already missed his mom's funeral. Um, he'd already m- missed so many payments on his mortgage that they were going to take his house if he didn't get out and start making payments. He had already, um, missed payments on his, on his whole life, life insurance to where the, it was going to be gone. Uh, you know, it, it financially, it had ruined him. And, uh, and so he took the plea deal and then he, he couldn't come back and sue. Right. Uh, even, you know, it's just, that's just, so a lot of time, cause he, you know, a lot of people <coughs> think it's just easier to, for you to just to move on with your life. Oh yeah, and
1: that gets into, you know, your coercive plea bargaining and that's a uh, probably a topic for another day with you. Yeah. But I want to back up just a little bit um with qualified immunity and some of what you're talking about touches on this, but just to break it down a little bit more, where does it come from? Because it's well, not they, a statutory creature. How does it exist?
0: So, the Supreme Court made it up entirely. Um they just made it up out of thin air in, the, I think, the late 60s, uh, and they just totally made it up just to do it. Uh, now, they claim that the basis for it was that when it, the statute was originally passed in the 1870s, for the first time the Civil Rights Statute was passed, they claimed that the basis for it was that, well, at that time, you know, there was sovereign immunity and all this other, this, that, and the other. Uh, but actually, about six months ago, some professors found that the original statute in 1875 that was passed specifically got rid of all the different immunities that government officials were enjoying at the time. And so I'm going to, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that even works now. How do, Because of a transcription error, we now have qualified immunity, and it's it's everybody know like you know Clark, our our, our mentor that doesn't know who we are, Clark Neely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have met him before. He won't remember me, me but I've two, met him. No, I've met him. I've met him <laughs> two or three times.
1: Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports, you'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V bet online where the game starts chuck
0: barrett here i know a thing or two about making great calls in arkansas and when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pasco Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pasco have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pasco protection plan. Call the pros at Pasco and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pasco Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. He, you know, he he posted some article about it, and it was from... Uh, I think it was from a California law school's law review, and so I don't know how that works. How does a transcription error? Can I now bring that up? I have no idea. I'm going to bring it up in all my future lawsuits, and they'll probably call me crazy. But I'm like, well, that was the law that was passed in 1875, and it was never repeated. The government
1: would. I, I mean, they were, the other side would for sure. And
0: they may be right. I'm sure every every now and again, the city of Fort Smith passes something that says, you know, all the prior statutes <clears> that aren't codified. <throat> you know, are repealed. And so I'm sure that the federal government has done that at some point. Like, hey, if it's not, if it wasn't transcribed, we hereby repeal it or whatever. You know, but I'm going to make them prove it. <laughs> Show well, me.
1: Yeah. Well, well, it's the qualified immunity doctrine, though. It does stem from so, the ideas of sovereign immunity and state actors, right? Yeah. That, that, yeah that's that's how idea. it comes about. And – I guess I can't even I can't play devil's advocate. I was trying to somehow yeah. be somewhat neutral on this, but maybe you can do that for just a briefest of seconds. Like, what is the state's position on why does this exist? Why, if you were trying to defend it, what would you say?
0: Yeah, I mean, they claim that they want government employees to be able to perform their regular everyday actions without constant fear of a lawsuit, right? But I mean, I people sue attorneys all the time. People yeah. sue doctors all the time. You know, it, yeah. insurance doesn't cost that much money. And when you're suing somebody in federal court, you have to convince 12 out of 12 people that you should get whatever amount of money that you're asking for. Um, and 12, you know, well, anyway, six either six out of six to 12 out of 12, depending on how many jurors there. Are, but you have to have it has to be unanimous. And most people. You know, they don't really care about our constitutional rights. So, getting 12 people to award you money, unless something was just really horribly egregious, isn't going to happen. Um, you know, with some of the deaths of, of some people, that seems to be different. And, and what's weird is the courts kind of treat that differently. Uh, so, they claim that it's the same standard when you kill somebody or when you beat them up as when you pull them over for not having. Um, you know, one of your tag lights on, then it turns out you do your tag light was on the whole time. They, you know, whatever. So this the same standard for qualified immunity, technically, but it's not really. If you look at the cases, if a police officer beats you up or kills you, it's a lot harder to actually sue them than it is if they just make a mistake, other kind of mistake. They claim it's the same standard, but if you look over and over again, it's not. Uh, because when it comes to to beating somebody up or what have you, uh. I guess every fight is different, you know? <laughs> and so it's so hard to get qualified immunity. You know, it, arguably, if, if nobody ever sued over getting punched in the face by a left handed police officer, you know, they could give you qual Oh, you know, he, oh, he hit you with his left hand. He thought that was legal. That wasn't excessive force. You know, I mean, like,
1: yeah. who knows? They could, they well, could have any kind of
0: <clears throat> backup. And that's
1: a, that's a good segue to this Tyree Nichols thing that, you know, I've seen people kind of mockingly saying, well, qualified immunity because we haven't seen a case where five officers held somebody down and beat them. And I think hopefully that doesn't play out to be the scenario in in this case, but it is theoretically possible. And then the other thing that you mentioned to me before, and I, and I want to bring up here is that I guess in theory, an officer can be held criminally liable, for his or her actions and still be able to claim qualified immunity in a civil suit.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, that's what they can There's no, there's nothing holding them back now. Arguably you could, you could try to use that collateral estoppel res judicata stuff. I was talking about before to sue um, and say, look, this has already been decided, you know, res judicata, whatever they, they, they have to lose, but no, it's never happened. And, and so arguably you would, you could still get qualified immunity, uh, even if you were in prison for what you did. And, you know, kind of the weirdest part of that to me is that the civil standard is supposed to be, you know, the, the easier one to get, you know, OJ was found not guilty of murder, but he was he was sued for their murder and lost, right? So a jury in a civil case found that he did it, right? Or whatever. Yeah, the standard's and, and, lower. And, yeah, the standard so it should be it doesn't make any sense. Like we should if anything, we should be protecting officers from these reasonable mistake of facts that they can make in a criminal case. A reasonable mistake of law they make in a criminal case. Uh, but in a civil case it doesn't really make any sense because, you know, for three hundred dollars a year, a police officer can get a million dollars of coverage in insurance. And you could you could even cap damages if you wanted for three hundred dollars. You know, you can save somebody's life essentially because you're gonna if you if if you get rid of qualified immunity or or put a cap on it and say that you know they need to get insurance up to this amount or whatever. Uh, you're gonna develop a healthier case law about what our rights are and aren't. Uh, you know, and it's gonna help people like this one guy out in in I think it was tennessee uh he opened up his door and got shot to death by the police because he was holding a gun but he was holding it was facing the ground and the police were knocking on the wrong door and they didn't announce themselves and he didn't know who was outside at 3 a.m <clears throat> and so when he opened up the door some one of the police officers shot saw the gun and they just opened fire um and it's they were at the wrong address. They thought they were going to some hardened criminals house. And so some kid who was actually in the bathroom at the time, because he, he the dad heard some noises and told his told the his wife and his kid to go hide in the bathroom, that kid's gonna have to grow up for the next fifteen years without a dad to support him financially, and the government doesn't have to pay a dime uh, to 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 make that kid's life any better. And it's really it could happen to any one of us. And it's really sad. Worse is there's there's prosecutorial immunity and there's judicial immunity, and judicial immunity extends to beyond just judges. It goes to administrative judges. It goes to clerks at the courthouse. Um, you know, it goes. So there's one judge that ordered a woman have her, uh, you know, baby making organs taken out of her body, and uh, when she was a minor. Uh, because somebody, you know, or her mom or something, brought a lawsuit or brought a case to the court and asked them to do it, and then uh, they said, well, "I'm sorry, you can't, you can't even, you can't sue that judge for doing that. Um, he has 100% immunity." And it's kind of crazy. Like, there's no legal basis. You can't sterilize people. There was no law that ever said you could. Um, and actually, the Supreme Court of the United States, and this was not a, an opinion that's that old. I want to say. It's the 60s or something, maybe the 70s. Uh, the justice said, uh, you know, basically the the woman, she was sterilized because they thought she was mentally disabled, but she wasn't. And her mom was mentally disabled and her grandma was mentally disabled. Um, the Supreme Court of the United States said three generations of ment- mental defectives was enough.
1: I remember reading that. And, oh, it is um,
0: crushing, crushing. Moscow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like it's, it's our our system is sick and it's rotten to the core, and we all need a good. I'm not going to say the rest because I might end up getting arrested for inciting a riot. But well, no, it's all it's all wrong.
1: Well, I was trying. I was trying to be apolitical a, a on here yeah. and not get too deep into it. Let 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 me ask you that at this point, that's gone out the door. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but but that's okay. I mean, I think it's hard to defend. Qualified immunity. I, I I wanted to try to play devil's advocate, even though I I pretty much agree with you on everything oh, yeah. you've said today. But, but let me. But, let but me say it's hard, the, it's hard
0: uh, to do it. Prosecutorial immunity and judicial immunity are absolute. By the yeah. way, anything yeah. they do in their capacity as a prosecutor or a judge, they have absolute immunity for. Now there it, are some exceptions, and 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 one of them is if you if you hold the wrong guy in jail after you know that there's another guy out there that really did it. That is one, like if you're the prosecutor, that's one of them. I think judges get it absolutely. So,
1: Well, it, it's much like qualified immunity. It's one of those things that it makes sense if you don't live it and think about it very much. If you just say, hey, our prosecutors need to have this immunity because we don't want them looking over their shoulder all the time and worried about what's going to happen if they, they prosecute the wrong person because we got to get bad guys caught, and a judge needs to be able to make some mistakes because their job is impossible, and they're going to do that, and we want good people to be judges, that's all fine. But like you said, insurance policies are not that expensive, and everybody else out there is doing their job with the risk that they could be held liable for when they mess up. And they do mess up some egregious ways, and it's not always just basic negligence a lot of times it's there's a malice behind it that um, maybe can't be shown with direct evidence, but anybody really looking at it can see it. And so it's creating a system that too often is failing the people that is not supposed to fail. I want to end with this question for you, with, you mentioned, you know, an insurance policy structure or something. Is that in your opinion, is that the best way to try to solve the qualified immunity issue, or do you think there's something else that should be looked into? Well,
0: I think that's a good – I think an insurance policy is a good start. Um, now, if you – I mean, if you were to – I guess you could cap damages at a certain a certain amount, you know, uh, in cases where there's not a death – or where there is a death, you can cap, you know, whatever, this, that, and the other, I, I suppose. But really, I mean, how how much is your Second Amendment right worth? You know, if someone, if a police officer comes up to you and says, I, you know, I know you're armed and I'm going to take your gun and I don't care that you haven't done anything, I'm just going to take it and I'm going to keep it down at the courthouse or down at the police department for a month. Um, and then I'll give it back to you just because, like, how much is that worth to somebody? You know, this is our constitution. To me, it's worth the entire GDP of the United States. Uh, you know, if, if a police officer wants to disarm me illegally, but apparently uh, people don't people don't feel that way. So I don't and, know. Maybe... And I
1: mean, and you've had personal experience. I won't make you go into the facts. We're already running kind of long. No. Uh, but you know, you've had personal experiences, taking cases to to trial where you win and get that one dollar verdict because. You know, they, they agree that this was a violation of rights, but they didn't have any real sympathy for your your client, yeah, it sounds uh, well, like uh,
0: almost a hundred percent of the time, the the person that, you know, is is gonna have the lawsuit, he's not gonna be very likable. But you know, the our rights are not for the people that are likable. They're for everybody. Uh, you know, you shouldn't have to say yes sir, no sir, and lick boots and polish brass just to be treated like a human being, and uh, you know that they're called natural rights for a reason. They're you know the government can't take them away. Uh, but that's that's again, you have to have you know six out of six or twelve out of twelve people agree on a certain amount of money to give you. So I don't see what the government is so afraid of. Uh, you know if they want if the only thing the only other thing I can think of other than an insurance policy that may work uh, is if you were just to have the government pay whatever the settlement was uh, or whatever the jury said, right? That way, the individual officer, if qualified immunity attaches, the officer doesn't have to pay, but the government has to pay because at the end of the day, the person still had their rights violated. Why did they have their rights violated? Because we have a system that we want to protect the officers, right? And we want to protect the officers so we can have a nice society because we want people to still be officers, right? Well, if that's the case, if society is the reason, why we're not allowing this guy to get paid for having his entire house destroyed because they went into the wrong address on a warrant that wasn't even the same color uh, and wasn't even the same address and they knew the same this is a real case by the way and they knew it was it wasn't even it wasn't even the right address and they went in there and destroyed it anyway if that's the reason if society is the reason why we're not letting him sue the police how come society isn't who the beneficiary the one having to pay out yeah. Well, that may just be
1: too logical.
0: Well, and it'll, and it'll never change, and, uh, <laughs> and we're just going to die with qualified immunity is the, <laughs> is the highlight of it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid you're right. Is there anything – I think I know the answer to this, but is there anything that if you're somebody listening to this and you've been nodding along with us all the way because maybe you've dealt with this situation before, you're afraid it may come up for you. Is there anything you can tell somebody to to do to try to protect themselves if their rights are being violated, like if they're in a situation where they're getting a false arrest or or, or you
0: know anything yeah, like so that? So my advice generally is to have a three channel dash cam, uh, one that records in front of your car, behind your car, and in your car. And anytime a police officer is violating your rights, remember that you're on smile, you're on candid camera. So you don't need to be out there screaming. I'll call my lawyer. You know, like people don't like lawyers. Don't mention them. You know, except for the part to say that you know I'm sorry, but the Constitution. I'm invoking my constitutional right to remain silent. Uh, you know, that's about the only thing you need to mention about a lawyer, uh, if that's the situation you're in. But I mean, you just be as nice and kind as possible. And when a jury sees that, the the largest amount of monies I've ever seen people awarded who weren't killed. Uh, was when they were just so nice and so kind, and the police were being so mean and so awful. And, you know, Jesus says, kill them with kindness. And that's how you're going to get your money, is by being the nicest person in the world. Yep.
1: Well, Witt, thank you very much for coming on here, our first guest.
0: Call and write your legislators. Tell them to change the Arkansas statute so we can get rid of at least a state-level qualified immunity. Because Arkansas actually has malicious qualified immunity for state employees and they have regular qualified immunity for city employees, but they, it, you have to prove not only that they violated qualified immunity, but they did so because they hate you they, <laughs> or, or, or they're racist or sexist. Yeah. Like you have to prove something awful. And so write your yeah. legislators, tell them, Hey, let's make it, let's put a cap on this or let's make people get insurance or whatever. You know? Hey,
1: I listened yeah. to this podcast with this guy, Whit Hyman. He spoke a lot of sense. I think you need to fix qualified immunity, Write That letter yeah. to your, you can give him Witt's number and he'll they can yeah. call him and he can tell them exactly why they're making a mistake by not fixing it. Yeah.
0: And, and it's I, not just it's it, not just police, you know, librarians and 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 county commissioners and the people DHS who DHS
1: workers. DHS is the big one who take, I have who to take deal your, with.
0: Take your kids away. Uh, the yep. people who who uh, you know gosh, I mean I mean it's everybody. It's everybody mm-hmm. in the government that you interact with. I mean it's Yep. If they appraise your house to be worth $10 million, and then you have to hire a lawyer to fight that, and they did it because they don't like you, well, you know, qualified immunity, no one's ever sued over that before, so good luck. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you deal with officers. I deal with DHS ones. That's the one I get the most. But all right, guys. Well, thank you very much. Have a good day, everyone. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property
0: of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent.